Hello and welcome to What Do You Want to Watch with me, Craig. And me, Tom. And we're back for the first podcast of 2024. This is January's edition. As ever, we're looking at three of the biggest shows over the Christmas period and, and movies too. Um, but of course, over the Christmas period, a lot of time for watching to be done. Have you been watching anything else, Tom? Oh, I've been watching a huge amount since last time. Whilst building drawers, building kitchens, um, and all sorts. There's a long list to get through, but I'll try and be quick. I've watched a few great movies. The new Chicken Run, fantastic. Uh, Could it be as good as the original? Hard to tell. Now we're a different age, but could be. I don't Um, think so. (laughs) June, I watched that classic film. Well, not classic, it's about a year old with Timothy Chalamet and what's-her-face? Zendaya. That's that's pretty good. I quite enjoyed that. Would recommend. Rebel Moon, Star Wars-y, sci-fi, middle-of-the-road type film. Probably probably say go and watch that. And then what are some other TV shows we're watching? Reacher. Everyone loves Reacher. Wall-to-wall action. And a similar one, but a low-budget version called Obliterated on Netflix. So, I'd, I well, would I recommend that? It's fine. Um, and out of all that you've been watching, is there anything that you particularly recommend or tell the listeners to avoid? Um, I would particularly recommend Reacher and Chicken Run. Also, for some background watching, Car Masters, Rust to Riches. That's a a quality bit of watching if you want to watch some mechanics go at some cars. So there you go. That's what I've been watching. Yeah, I've <laughs> what, seen... what have you been watching, Craig? Sorry, I meant to ask you. <laughs> hey, well, I've been watching some of those as well. I did see Chicken Run 2, which just seemed to be a bit of a carbon copy of the first film, so I'm not sure that it lived up to the originals. I mean, it was it was fine. There were some nice moments, but it did just seem to be the an almost identical plot. Um, I watched Rebel Moon 2, which was... Yeah, pretty disappointing. It just seemed completely devoid of any original ideas. It was just like watching Star Wars as a bit of sort of Gladiator and a bit of Game of Thrones lobbed in with a lot of slow motion action scenes for some reason. So that sort of summed that up. Other things I've been watching, well, I've been watching the show that everyone has been talking about, including in Westminster. Yes, it's Mr. Bates versus the post office. Who will win? The poor sub-postmasters who've been royally screwed over no pun intended by the Royal Mail, and um, are now seem to be getting their sort of justice um, thanks to this perfectly enjoyable and well-made ITV drama um, starring Toby Jones, Monica Dolan, uh, amongst others. Other things we're watching, well, there's a tourist season two that's back on BBC, and um, that was the Jamie Dornan Outback mystery in the in season one, but he's now got come home to Ireland to find out about his backstory. That's all right. There's some good action, a few laughs. Um, been watching Berlin on Netflix, of course, the, the prequel to Money Heist, which is focusing on you know, the most charismatic character, but so far from what I've seen doesn't really live up to is, Money Heist's quality. Is it still in Spanish or is it in German now? Nope, still in Spanish. Uh, a spot of French. It does seem to be uh, mostly, mostly based in Paris. And the scenes with Berlin are good, but it's a completely different gang that he is doing heist with. And they're all sort of supposed to be like characters in Money Heist. There's a professory type guy and a girl who's a bit sort of wild like Tokyo and things. 
but it's the the kind of the rest of the cast isn't really living up to Money Heist, and it's just a bit dull so far from what I've seen. I'm trying to think if there's anything I really would recommend. Probably not. Class of 09, actually, on Disney Plus is a show. I really enjoyed it. It had quite mixed reviews in the US. Um, it was a sort of it's an FBI drama set in three time periods: the past, where they are at Quantico training; the present, where there's some plot to sort of kill various FBI agents; in the future, where there's some AI machine minority report type uh, thing going on. It stars Kate Mara, who you might know from House of Cards, and Brian Terry Henry, who you might know from Atlanta, and various other things. I, I've really enjoyed it so far. A few episodes in, um, it is a really great show, so I would rec- recommend that. Um, and that pretty much covers what we've been watching, I think. Um, one other thing, actually, a really good film on Netflix. I've watched a lot of average films over the Christmas period, but a film that's watching that's really good, Society of the Snow, which, unfortunately, Tom is in Spanish, so as we know for you, it's based on the true story of a Uruguayan plane going down in the Andes and then this rugby team having to survive um, in this snowy mountains and um, the problematic um, living conditions, as you can imagine. Do they have to eat each other? Yes, they have to eat each other, yes. Uh, Inevitably, with all these things, they do have to eat each other. But it is really, really good. Who goes first? Well, thankfully, well, without ruining it too much, um, well, there's a big spoiler here, but it's based on a true story. Some people do die in the plane crash, so that's easy. Easy pickings, first of all. Oh. But it's very good, very harrowing film. Um, with my sort of flipping comments aside, so that is very good and I definitely worth a watch. Well, I can't say I'd want to watch a harrowing film, but well, I've not that, quite made it to the would... end. I've not made it to the end yet, so maybe there's an uplifting ending. Uh-huh. But um, I certainly would recommend well, it. Talking of harrowing films, let's talk about Saltburn. <laughs> a lovely segue there into what we're watching this week. So we've got Saltburn which um, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about. Um, what else, Tom? What else are we watching? Saltburn, obviously. We're watching Fargo, which is... I, I can't remember what season this is. There's been a few now. Season five, five. is it? Five. Season five. And also Fool Me Once, which has been number one in the Netflix TV show chart for some time. So buckle in. Uh, apparently 12 million people in the UK have watched the first episode. Jesus. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, you can't trust the people. So first up this week, it's the film on everyone's lips, and that's not the only thing. <laughs> yes, it's Terrify Your Parents with Saltburn, the psychological class thriller from Emerald Fennel, who you might know from our previous work, A Promising Young Woman, which is an excellent film with Carrie Mulligan. Barry Keen leads the cast with Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, Richard E. Grant, and Carrie Mulligan is back again. So, Tom, what would you like to say about this lovely film? And please keep it PC, as I don't want to spend all week editing. <laughs> well, I think this sort of has kind of gone viral because, you know, there's been lots of videos out there. I think it was released, was it released just before around Christmas and people sitting with their families putting this on and it being incredibly awkward um, because of some of the adult nature of the of the scene so a lot of people jumped on this to watch it um uh, likewise i did i think this, the story itself is quite a compelling movie um about uh two friends that meet at oxford is it and then go home to or cambridge somewhere like that and they go home to the 
one of the guys, very posh residents, uh, and a number of things ensue over summer. I don't know how to explain it any more than that. <laughs> Some controversial scenes. I don't know. I can't really complete the thought with telling you what I th- thought about it because I did enjoy it. I didn't, I think I was, the scenes were very full on that we're talking about, but actually not as bad as I'd assumed they were by the reaction of many. Are we going to just, I feel like I'm really skirting around the issue here. I think we probably skirt around it just because I think if you were to know what goes on, if you've not seen the film, obviously I think everyone is aware of now that there are some scenes that are memorable. Um, <laughs> to say the least and I think if you go in obviously knowing what's going to happen then that will probably ru- ruin your well ruin your watching of the, of the film because I, I won't say enjoyment because you may not may not enjoy it but I mean I think it is hard because you go into this now you are aware that some strange things are going to happen and and they certainly do it is we're actually talking about this at work the other day and it's kind of like would this film be a good film if you took those moments out probably not you'd have thought i don't know it would be i think it'd be it's hard to say because those are the sort of striking moments i suppose it's yeah i don't know yeah i think i I think if you were to take those moments out which are obviously very as you say striking and unique in, in a way it's not something that you've seen before if you were to take those moments out and just look at the plot in, in itself and as you say this um these two friends that you need one from a very privileged background one from a very poor background and it's obviously supposed to be a real sort of representation of class in the uk and how that is portrayed and how that affects people in different ways and how people maybe have envy of people in other classes or dismiss people in lower classes. I think that's obviously what the film is trying to do is to take a play on that and then take it into a, you know, a thriller type movie. Whether it achieves that, there's obviously some bits in the film that are, are, are strange out with the, the scenes. There's a moment where one of the kids returns home, the other friend sort of drives him and he only seems to realise that he's back at his own house when he's about to turn the corner when surely he's driven from like the south of England, you would think at some point, like, well, I might be heading back to Liverpool here. You know, <laughs> this is the turn off of Liverpool on the motorway. You know, instead of being like, Jesus Christ, we're up my street now. Where, where have we been for the last four hours? So the bits <laughs> like that, they're a bit, bit strange. The performances are, are, are very good. I think Rosamund Pike and Richard E. Grant as the sort of aristocratic posh couple are very funny. Barry Keen is Barry Keen, I think that's safe to say. And it does sound like there's been a lot of talk that he has been personally responsible for one of these scenes, that it wasn't in the script. And he has, from his own mind, decided this was an appropriate thing to do. I think overall, the film is a good film. An interesting thing, one of the takes is that Emerald Fennel, as you can imagine, with a name like Emerald Fennel, is from... Uh, upper class background she went to Cambridge etc so whether she is the person to be spearing the class system in the UK when she's someone who's probably benefited from it immensely and why she is allowed you know had she's obviously worked hard but has probably had easier access to jobs in Hollywood and than others would have because her name's Emerald Fennel but whether that whether that makes her a better person because she has closer experience of these aristocratic institutions, I, I don't know. I can't believe she's called Emerald Fennel. That seems like entirely made up. Yes, perhaps not. But I think overall, I think 
even as a thriller by itself, without these scenes, it, pro- it probably is quite a good film. With the scenes, uh, it's uh, a good and memorable film. I'd keep dancing around these scenes. Would I recommend right. it? Yes, I'd recommend to watch it. Not on a plane, not on a train, not on a bus. Maybe at home by yourself or with a partner or friend. Not with, with your the family. curtains closed. With the curtains closed. <laughs> so how many to dooms would you give it, Craig? I think I'd give it four to dooms. I think it is a good film. It is well written. There's certainly interesting moments in it, and it there is an interesting takeaway from it. I think it's one of these films that you will feel uncertain about and will probably think about for a long time because of um, of what happens. It certainly will stick with you, but it's definitely unique. So I think for that, it deserves four to dooms. I'd, pro- I'd probably agree. I think it's four to dooms, um, and just for bringing back. The classic Sophia Baxter, Murder on the Dance Floor, and then it deserves praise. So great news for Sophia Baxter, who's definitely not someone from the the posher societies with a name like <laughs> no, Sophia yeah. Baxter. They, they always win in the end. <laughs> and now it's time for the news. First off, Prime Video have announced, unless you are paying an extra two ninety nine a month from now on you'll get a load of lovely adverts um, to watch all your favorite dad shows like Reacher, Bosch, his Fargo dad show, maybe. Well, what do you make of this? I only kind of realized when I was watching, enjoying a bit of Bosch, as you do, um, that I started seeing more and more adverts, like Freevee ads and stuff. Yeah, well, Bosch is actually on Freevee, which oh. is a separate service, which is an ad-funded service. So that's oh. already on there. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, Prime just seems to be the latest streaming service. Netflix certainly have an ad-supported tier, which is cheaper. I think Disney Plus might be doing soon. It's just, I think it goes to show slightly how pointless the streaming model has been because the whole benefit of streaming initially was you didn't have to sit through adverts like on networks you know you'd pay your money and that give you access to lots of different shows movies etc um and we've kind of just gone back to the the model of normal tv where a lot of these streaming services are now just releasing one episode a week like regular tv and now you have to sit through adverts to be able to watch these shows like regular tv so it's almost as if the model that TV's run on for 50 years of sort of ad funded was perfectly fine. The streaming networks have tried to disrupt it, have essentially failed in a lot of sense, and are just going back to that model. Well, it, does, it does lead you to think, what are you paying for if they're also going to shove ads on it? So. Yeah, exactly. It's completely pointing you. If you're paying, you should have to pay more to, to see less ads. But anyway, yeah. it's going to continue to happen, and it's just as, as companies are trying to increase the revenues and put up costs. Big Star Wars news. Some good, some bad. In probably good news, the next Star Wars film will be a Mandalorian and Grogu adventure directed by John Favreau. That's my favourite character. Maybe not Grogu, but definitely uh, Mandalorian. So I'm looking forward to that. In bad news, though, as you know, we didn't enjoy Shocker. And it's been renewed for a second season. I'm not sure why that is. Yeah, I think I mean, both of these news is slightly interesting. I think the Mandalorian point of view, it probably will be a very easy film to make because it's got a animated ro- robot Yoda type thing and Grogu. 
and then you just have a stuntman in a in a suit because obviously Pedro Pascal doesn't actually do anything. You think he's very really in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean the Mandalorian started off as quite a fun sort of adventure of the week, killing a big monster type thing, and each week it'll kind of wrapped up nicely. Each season has descended more and more into sort of wider Mandalorian lore and into the Star Wars universe and probably got a bit more tedious as a result. Who knows what a film will be like? If it's just a kind of fun story, then it might be good. But if it's kind of wittering on about why Mandalorians don't take off their mask, then uh, I couldn't really care for that. Talk about <laughs> things I couldn't really care for. A soccer season two, season one was really, really poor. I think it ended on a bit of a... I wouldn't say a cliffhanger because it wasn't exciting, but it ended on an open-ended point. So at least they might get to finish the story. And if I'm struggling to get to sleep at any point, um, I'll, I'll have I'll have something to help me. I mean, I didn't. I can't say I even got to finding out what happened at the end of that season, and I probably shall not get there. I was just having a look here to see how long an episode normally of Mandalorian is: thirty-nine minutes, forty minutes. So. You're literally just doing a double double episode as a film, basically. A bit cheap. I think apparently there's been sort of various Star Wars projects in the works, but there's not actually been a Star Wars film since episode nine, which due a new Star Wars film. I Whether they're doing the, the, a new one with Ray in it, were they, are they not? There's been talk about that, but I, I think it's on the back burner. So Star Wars are sort of ummed and and decided that the Mandalorian is probably their, their best IP at the moment, and that's what they'll make a film on. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it acts, whether that translates from what has been a relatively successful TV show, whether it'll become a, a popular film. And lastly, Netflix have announced Lawrence Fishburne will be joining the next season of of Witcher. I'm assuming not as the Witcher. No, he's joining as some mysterious wizard. I think. Oh, okay, <laughs> mysterious wizard. He is good. And I've just seen another, you know, breaking Netflix news. Megan is a, is a story in the mirror. Megan and Harry's dreams are falling apart with huge Netflix deal to end in months. What do you make of that breaking news, Craig? Yeah, I sort of saw this. I don't. I, I knew they had this Netflix deal. I think their Spotify deal has been punted into the bin as well because I think she made one sort of podcast series which was pretty poorly received have they actually done anything for their netflix deal i'm not did they maybe make a a documentary about the invictus games that harry does i'm not aware of anything else they've done i mean the only productive thing megan markle's done on netflix is suits so you can catch her there yeah i did in other news i did see the cast got back together four of them obviously without megan there at uh was that in the golden globes they presented an award Oh, well, lovely to see them back back together. I'm actually watching Suits at the moment. So okay, it was it was the main main guy, the older guy. It was the ginger receptionist, and it was the main woman in the first few seasons of the Boss Wifey. Well, that clears up exactly. It was there. That, well, I mean, the char- you, you want to know the characters' names, or so it might it'll be Mike Ross. He, it was my. It was Mike. It was Harvey. It was Donna, and it Jessica. was Jessica. Yes, that's was was, was Louis there? No, Louis Louis Lit was not there. That was a big oh. disappointment from the crowd. Why Why was Louis left out like he is in, in the series? I just just while we're on the subject of Louis Lit, I mean, I think it's something Hoffman that plays him. He just plays him so perfectly as this kind of sort of 
slightly villainous, slightly sympathetic character that you kind of hate, but you sort of root for a bit. It just hits the nail on the head. So kudos to you. Lewis Litt is a great character and uh, expertly portrayed um, by Mr. Hoffman. I can't remember his first name. He is absolutely super. In other news, a good friend of ours, Elliot, who's a loyal listener, he used to have a mug, and probably still does, called what, which has the writing on it, You Just Got Lit Up, um, which is one of his classic catchphrases. So there you go. The, the news has been taken over by Suits. <laughs> it's gone on for 10 minutes. God, right. <laughs> Christ, there'll be some editing to do. Next up, it's the new year, but same old Netflix, as another Harlan Coben thriller is transported from the US to the UK and given the TV treatment. This time, it's Fool Me Once, where a recently bereaved woman spots her dead husband on the baby monitor and uncovers a wider conspiracy involving her dead husband's family. Ooh. Ooh. Michelle Keegan stars as the aforementioned weeping widow with Harlan's beloved Richard Armitage as her husband. Joanna Lumley and Adil Akhtar complete the cast with various randoms popping up briefly to advance the plot. So, Toms, how many times did this show fool you? The whole way through, I was quite fooled until the twists or twists towards the end. What was this? A classic, classic thriller. It's set at the top of the charts, as I said before, for for a long time. I, I don't know what the critics or audience have been saying. I've not really been reading that, but I quite enjoyed this overall. I thought it was a solid thriller. I'm never that enamored by twists. I the twists, I I've can't think can't think of the last one that I went. Oh, that was a good twist, but I think that's par for the course. Solid. I like Joanna Lumley. Yeah, I'd watch it if I were you. What did yeah. you think? Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I did not think this was a good television show by any stretch of of the imagination. It's just these are It's just a, a different. It's the same rubbish in a different shade of. You know, pain every year. You know, every time there's some sort of decade-long conspiracy, there's dodgy acting. It's always kind of filmed in like the grimmest parts of the UK. So many scenes just take place in like underpasses or just average shops. It's just, and there's Richard Bloody Armitage popping up. It's just like the characters are so thinly drawn. The only the characters just exist to advance the plot. They're not real people. They just sort of pop up. Michelle Keegan will just shout at them like. Where's my husband? Who are you? What's happened to Mr. Black? And then they'll be like, oh, oh, Mr. Black was this 10 years ago. And, and she'll go, oh, my God, I'm going to find Mr. Blue now. And, and off she goes. And then it's just, yeah, it just isn't very good. And it kind of comes that there's a big twist at the end or, or whatever. You know, it's all about the twist every time. Yeah, I, I really didn't enjoy it. I, I think it's really, really bad, actually. Um, and it annoys me how popular it is. It's interesting, actually, because looking at the Rotten Tomato, there's uh, unusually critics have put it middle of the road, 60%, but the audience has put it lower at 46%. I think people like you are really raging at what <laughs> it was. And put just that the down. writing's tr- dreadful. It's just like there was like a line that was like, I'll get a normal favour is can I borrow an egg? It's just. It's just utterly <laughs> ludicrous. It's none of it. It doesn't really make much sense, actually, if you sit and think about what ha- actually happens in, in the in the program. Um, well, we could do a spoiler was, special. Yeah. Well, I, I was just going to say, not that it's a spoiler, but 
character of Shane, which is sort of her colleague or friend, I feel like in in hindsight, not trying to give anything away, but is he just there as a sort of perhaps red herring throughout? Yeah, he is. He's he's just that, which is more than you say for most characters who do exist just to sort of tell Michelle Keegan some information and then piss off to never be seen again. Um, <laughs> it's just, I mean, yeah, the whole backstory about her being in the military was completely irrelevant to anything. It's just, and it's just so like obvious in your face. Like anytime anything happens, they have to have like ten flashbacks to like show you something you've seen in the last episode, as if you you know, couldn't remember that, oh, yes, you know, last time she pepper sprayed her nanny or whatever it is. It's just like, you, you know, these people are so forgettable that every time they reappear, and in most cases they don't, um, but anyone that does reappear, they have to have a flashback to show you that her, her previous interactions. It's poorly written. I don't think it's well-directed. I think <sighs> in hindsight, the whole pepper spraying incident was extremely over the top for for what was going on anyway yeah Yeah, it was why would why would you pepper spray someone for anyway well we won't get into spoilers but no um, anyway should we just i i don't have anything more i I, as i said i think we said intro it's been watched by millions of people just in the uk yeah i think i would say it was decent enough so I'd give it three dudums. The more I think about it, the angrier I get. But I think <laughs> I'll I'll give it two dudums. Just in that, you obviously it's good. I mean, it's compelling enough that you want to know what's going to happen. But just because they just sort of drop in a cliffhanger at the end of every episode to keep you engaged, but I don't think any of it's any good. So, yeah, <laughs> they're always really bad. All of these ones, these Harlan Cooper ones, they're always. Awful. I thought you love Harlan Coben. No, my dad loves Harlan Coben. Oh, He's a big fan of his novels. Um, there's a particular oh. series with a, a lawyer called Myron Bolliter, um, which Netflix may be adapting. The other thing is, well, obviously, these these are all written, the books are all written about things that happen in America. So this murder originally happened in Central Park, not some random park in Manchester, where, <laughs> as we know, it was filmed as I... Uh, didn't realize until I was watching the show I'd seen it being filmed last year. But uh, you're a big Harlan Coben fan. You went down. I heard it was being filmed. I thought <laughs> I cannot miss my chance to see <laughs> Michelle Keegan shouting at a deal actor. Anyway, um, Harlan Coben has now fooled me more than once to about three or four times into watching these awful Netflix shows. And but I'm sure I'll sorry, be watching on the last one. note on a last note. I saw that it also said written by Charlotte Coben. So does his daughter do bits of it now? No idea, potentially. I just remember at the end, what the only credit I remember was Charlotte Coben. So maybe, maybe he's she's got involved, or I don't know. Well, just uh, obviously, if she she has written it, then uh, the the writing quality hasn't changed through, through the generations of the Coburn family. She's known for Stay Close, Fool Me Once, Harlan Coburn Shelter. Or it could be a bit of classic nepotism and she does bugger all and gets a credit. And that's, and that's Fool Me Once.
And now for the part of the show where we tell you what's coming soon. So first up, The Kitchen, uh, the directorial debut of uh, Daniel Kaluuya, starring Kano, is out on Netflix on Friday the 19th of January. It's a dystopian sci-fi thriller, apparently. That's what my, that's what my script said. Apparently. apparently. Oh, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. So I think it's, sort of, it's based in sort of South, like London estates, and they're in one of the last estates are trying to be removed. And so know, I think I think it's had relatively positive reviews. Sounds good. Is so. What did Daniel Kaluuya do before? Oh, he's the one. He's the actor in Get Out. Oh yeah, that's nope. Right. Uh, Judas and the, the Last Messiah. Yeah. Okay, I remember him from Get Out. Cool. Well, that could be good. I did like Kano and Top Boy. And all the hundreds of Land Rover Defender. So that could be good. I might watch that. Thursday, the 25th of January, Netflix are releasing Griselda, a series that sounds like it was designed with Tom in mind. That's me. Um, Because it stars Sofia Vergara as the eponymous Griselda, who leads one of the biggest cartels in Colombia. So is it sort of... I'm I'm now imagining a sort of busty woman in a comedy action called Griselda. No, I don't think it's a comedy action. Oh. I, I'm I like how your mind immediately went to busty. That was um... well, that's that's uh, that is Sofia Vergara. That's that's one of you know if you said name, give me three words about Sofia Vergara. Busty would probably be the first one, would it not? Well, I won't make any comments, but yeah, I don't, a, I don't think it's a comedy series. I don't think it's like, I think it's supposed to be a traditionally you know, standard drama about sort of narco cartels in the vein of narcos and these other things. I, I don't think there's any humour in it. Crikey, she's got some real um, prosthetics on, um, listeners. You might want to Google Griselda Sofia Vergara. She's... She's looking like she's got a prosthetic nose and all sorts going on. So, yeah, that could be good. It's not what I imagined it. I was thinking modern families when really it's something quite serious. So Drug families. Drug, fa- drug families. And lastly, coming soon, the final part of Steven Spielberg's World War II trilogy, Masters of the Air. It makes its long-awaited appearance on Apple TV from Friday the 26th of January. There's a huge cast, including Austin Butler and everyone's favourite weirdo, Barry Keegan. Is it Keegan or Keen? Keen. Keen. Barry Keen. Who knows what Barry will be mastering? Probably another plug hole. Oh, no, that wasn't in the script. A spoiler. Spoiler alert. I mean, anything, I feel like you've got to watch anything that he's in now because... Who knows what he's going to bloody do? I suspect he won't be doing anything too um, out of the ordinary in this, which probably be a, a standard World War Two. Did you watch uh, Band of Brothers or the Pacific? I can't say I have. No, so there's two excellent miniseries about World War Two. First of um, I mean the U.S. Army in sort of D-Day in France and and uh, the mainland Europe invasion, the Pacific, as the name suggests, is based over in the. Japanese war um, and sort of the Marines and the islands there. And then this is obviously looking at the Air Force. Um, it's a long, been a long time coming this series because the first two came out in the early and then mid noughties. So it's, it's a huge cast. I think uh, Nkutia Gat was also in it as well. The new Doctor Who. Um, 
as I say. So huge cast produced by Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Um, it's probably going to be excellent and is definitely worth getting Apple TV for if you don't have it. Um, if you don't have Apple TV, do get it. Watch Slow Horses and Criminal Records, actually, a new thing, which is out, which is very good, um, starring Peter Capaldi, um, which is a really good sort of British crime uh, police procedural thriller. So get Apple TV. It is probably, the sh- it doesn't have the biggest number of shows, but in terms of the quality that it produces, it's certainly up there. So last up this week, um, we have Fargo, um, which returns after a disappointing fourth season to more familiar ground in the fifth series of the superb anthology series, which was created by Noel Hawley and based on the classic Coen Brothers film. This series sees Juno Temple's dot try to escape her past as John Hamm's law and tombstone sheriff Tillman catches up with her. The series also stars Jennifer Jason Lee as Dot's ultra-rich, no-nonsense mother-in-law and Joe Keery, best known as Steve in Stranger Things, as Roy's perpetual failure of a son. So, Tom, would you recommend giving Fargo a go? Well, I have been, and I'm right up to date. Uh, second to last episode just watched, and it's brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoy Fargo. It's set, for anyone that doesn't watch it, they're all, well, actually the last one wasn't, but it's all set in, tends to be a snowy scene in Minnesota. With a, Everyone has a lovely Minnesotan accent, very easy on the ear, while typically everyone by the end of a season is dead or dying. Or It's great. Small town people have a bit of a fight, dead or dying. It's great. What more could you want? Yeah, it is excellent. This series is good. Season three and four particularly four didn't really live up to the excellence of one and two, which were absolutely superb series. This one is certainly more like it. As you say, there's a lot of great violence. It's well shot, directed, it's clever. There's always a mix of kind of supernatural elements sort of thrown in. Um, It's quite intriguing. And say, at the moment, yeah, we're nine episodes in with the finale to come out next week. And it'll certainly be interesting how it will all conclude and who will be left standing. one in, one sort of note I had, and this is almost a purely personal note, is that um, obviously Juno Temple played Dot, who might be best known as Keeley in Ted Lasso. I didn't really enjoy her performance, or didn't enjoy the character of Keeley in Ted Lasso. I didn't really enjoy Ted Lasso that much by the end. Uh, and I'm finding it quite hard to get past that in watching this, just sort of seeing her as Keeley, while John Hamm, who's obviously quite an absolute evil brute of a man in this, as Sheriff Tillman. He's absolutely brilliant at it. John Hamm is one of my favourite actors. So I'm almost, yeah, I'm not saying I'm rooting for (laughs) Sheriff Tillman, but it's difficult because when I just love watching John Hamm so much and I'm not really... You do seem to be rooting for the sort of Trump-supporting, (laughs) wife-beating... Yeah, baddie here. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm rooting for him, but I just find that I just love watching him, and and he's you know he's genuinely one of my favorite actors. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, he is pretty great in this. Uh, um, I mean, I I have not watched Ted Lasso, so I don't have that that feeling my, myself. But I was just looking up at the the rankings of Fargo for anyone not familiar with the series. It's very high, highly rated. Even the one that Craig said wasn't he wasn't so fond of got eighty four percent on Rotten Tomato. It, all all four other seasons have got ninety three percent or more, with 
with season one 97 and season two 100 so if you're looking for something to binge and enjoy this is maybe for you yeah and if you've not seen any of the other seasons you can still dive into season five it's not really linked at all you don't have to have seen the original movie either there's certainly homages to it and links to it but if you've never seen uh, the Coen brothers movie well, what's wrong with you? Well, why haven't you watched it? It's an absolutely classic <laughs> movie. But if you've not seen it, don't worry about it. Just relax and you can enjoy um, this season. You know, you can watch any of them. And if you, you know, see you've got limited time, there's so much to watch. I still think season one and two are the best and get them watched. Um, but then season five isn't far behind and, and watch the film as well. But you can probably definitely skip season four. Season three, I, I think it is worth, worth your time as well. Well, what do we give this season? Uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's a four and a half to dooms from me. Yeah, I'm gonna. I am enjoying it. Maybe not living up, as as I say, to to the the sheer excellence of the first two seasons. So it's a four de dooms for me. So now it's time for our quiz, where I test Tom's expert knowledge of all things streaming. And uh, first up this year, the quiz is called "Fool Me Twice." Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So well, done, well done, Claire. Yeah, so it's a play on, obviously, Fool Me Once, that superb Har- Harlan Coben series we've already talked about. What I will do is I'm going to give you three character names. Two of them are tricks. They're made up or they're in a different Harlan Coben season. One of them is an actual character in Fool Me Once. Okay. Here we go. First up, who is the true character? Busy burrito manager, tasty tortilla manager, or flustered fajitas manager? <laughs> the burrito man. Correct. The busy burrito manager. Yeah. That is, someone has been credited on IMDb <laughs> as busy burrito manager. She <laughs> did play a very important role in the series. I don't remember. She was quite harshly treated by Detective Pierce. She was sort of given a dressing down for not holding on to her employee, who was one of the suspects, and he escaped onto the roof why the busy burrito manager was given that responsibility when she was too busy stuffing rice into tortillas. Um, I don't know. I, d- I don't remember this at all. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, just so I'm going to have to Google a picture of him. It was her. Her. Oh, okay. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Jackie Knowles. There you are. Jackie yeah, Knowles. Jackie Wait. Knowles. What a credit that is on IMDb. Busy burrito manager. <laughs> <laughs> she was excellent. Right. <laughs> Next up. Do we have Christy Fish, Patrick Katz, or Katie Crab? Oh, Fish, Cat, or Crabs? Yeah. Mm, I think Fish, it's got to be Fish. Incorrect, it was Katie Crab. Katie Crab? I have absolutely no idea who Katie Crab was in the context of this show. Katie Crab, I'm just Googling all the images yeah. of these people. Uh, nobody's coming up, Shane. <laughs> Next up, we have Cat Tum, Kitty Shum, or Tony Allure. Cat Tongue. Cat Tum, <laughs> Kitty Shum, or Tony Allure. I think it's Tony Allure. Incorrect. Tony Allure was a real character, but that was in Stay Close, one of Harlan Coben's oh, no. series. Kitty Shum was oh, the real character. Kitty Shum, of course. <laughs> Could tell you what Kitty Shum did. Okay, next up we've got Pam Proctor, Jazz, or Tammy Thompson. Just Jazz. Just Jazz. 
I think it's just jazz. I get wrong again. Jazz was in stay close, I'm afraid. <laughs> God, I just if this was a quiz close. about stay close, she would have been getting top marks. <laughs> you only got the busy burrito manager. Okay. Key Last roll. up. Do we have Michael Broom, Coach Phil, or Reverend James? Was there a reverend in it? Coach. Oh, there's a coach. So coach. It's got to be coach. Correct. It was Coach Phil, the the <laughs> angriest man. Just he was angry. For teaching a girls sort of under 14 football slash soccer team, he was absolutely livid. What did, what, did, what point did he play again? In none, none. He fizzled out. Even his again, son was... His son was maybe linked. And what? What about that <laughs> uh, half brother that they had? They disappeared as well. Who was the assistant brother? coach? The um, oh yeah, what the was hell was like... pointed him? <laughs> what was the whole point of that storyline? Yeah, completely. Because it was, yeah, I completely forgot about that, that half brother. God. What he did? He wasn't even a red herring. He was just sort of he was just, yeah, just this, yeah. The, the sister had had another family, and he was he was the assistant coach to Coach Phil, who was just the most like obtuse man you'll ever meet for no real reason either. No, did he not have Didn't blood his... in his van or something at one point? I don't know. Anyway, no, but his oh yeah, he had blood in his van, but it was his son's because he had come off. He was the his son saw her in the park because he came past on the bikes. Yeah. He's stealing handbags. Remember, oh, so we're giving too much away. I don't think we are. Anyway, <laughs> um, that is that is fool me twice. You got <laughs> two out of five appropriately. In a okay, well, it was a tricky quiz. It was a tricky, it was a tricky quiz because yeah, it's hard to know what anyone's name is in that show because they appear briefly. <laughs> That's true. And. And they can't all be as memorable as Busy Burrito Manager. Yeah, clearly, very, very, um, very. Well, I mean, tortillas, fajitas. It just didn't ring true. It had to be burritos. Yeah, yeah, the flustered fajitas manager. <laughs> Come and get your what flustered a, fajitas. Uh, what a great quiz to end the week. So that brings us to the end of. 2024's first podcast. I think we're aiming to do them maybe about monthly this year. Might be easiest. We might try and get a few extra ones in if we have enough time or things to talk about. Um, as ever, at this point, is there anything else you'd like to talk, add, Tom? Particularly any celebrity gossip. That's what we're <laughs> waiting for. That's why we put this in at the very end because we keep <laughs> everyone in. They have to wade through hours of news and average reviews and a dodgy quiz to get to find out well, who Selena Gomez is sleeping with. Well, uh, well, first off, I'd like to say that actually people are, are clearly skipping through the whole pod just to, to listen to this, but uh, I think that's very unfair. Selena Gomez is in love now, um, and she's in love with Benny Blanco. Not the most handsome DJ, it's been commented, but she's very much found herself now. So good luck to Selena Gomez. Do you know what Selena Gomez was saying to Taylor Swift at the Golden Globes? It seemed no. to get quite a reaction from both of them. No, I've, I've, I've not come across this celebrity gossip, actually. It's very slipping. 
<laughs> I normally cross everything, but no, I, I need, I'll need to find, I'll need to uh, speak to my sources, see what's going on there. I did, however, see T Swift at um, Kelsey Watts's face's NFL game, and and she was doing lots of bouncing left and right in a video. Um, something a swing, silly swing, or something, whatever they call it. Sl- I can't remember what they call yeah, it. I did see that. Was that the game where it was like minus twenty-seven degrees or yeah, something? Fact, and the coach, well, the coach's moustache was literally freezing. Yeah, yeah. It was well. It was. I thought it was zero Fahrenheit, so it was minus seventeen or something. But right. Could well. Either way, things were freezing. Yeah, yeah, I saw somebody drinking a beer and it was completely frozen. Yeah. Why would you go and sit in the audience and watch that? Yeah, I mean, some people might say that these sorts of extreme weather events may be caused exclusively by Taylor Swift um, and her uh, carbon outprint because there's some talk I saw online about how the amount of carbon she's spent in a private jet visiting Kelly Casey or Casey, whatever his name is, is about the same that an average person would do in 40 years. Or I can't remember, some absurd Jesus. figure that just her visiting his, uh, what, his Kelly, what's his name? Casey Kelly. Kelly. Ke- uh, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. I'll see if I can get the exact figures for that's, you. That's unbelievable. I mean, and she'll. I mean, fair enough if she's going to marry this one and give us all a break, but she won't, will she? She'll make an album about it. Break up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, eight. Yeah. So apparently, it's nearly one thousand two hundred times more than the average person's total annual. So it would take one of us, it would take us 1,200 years to reduce as much carbon as she's produced in the last year. Um, I don't know if that's just visiting, oh yeah, or here we go, 138 tonnes of in three months just with, here so we go. So, so what, there's like probably like 15 people's lifetimes in three months? Essentially, just so that she can visit this American football. Swift would need to plant more than 2,200 trees and let them grow for a decade to offset her damage. I know I know a lot of people in the know listen to this podcast, so have a word with her. It's just, you know, unbelievable waste. And inevitably, as I've said, she'll just break up with them anyway. It won't even be for the long haul, if you'll pardon the pun. Uh, yeah, at least Swifties will get a new album out of it, so... Well, it's true. Well, we'll get the next bloody... Swifty too. But here we go. Is it the ethical dilemma? Are all the Swifties who are buying her products, listening to her music, going to the Eras tour, watching the Eras tour in the cinema, we are funding her private jet that is creating the CO2 emissions that is killing the planet? I'd say so. I I blame the Swifties at the end of the day. They are they are the main problem here, not not Taylor herself, probably. Taylor Swift is producing the average person's, you know... 15 times a lifetime's in three months, uh, carbon footprint. is. Um, We've not talked about the Golden Globes. There's been all sorts that's happened. People just want to hear about what Selena Gomez is up to, though. Um, yeah, so she quit social media and then returned 24 hours later. I did, yeah, I did hear there was something dramatic going on. But, you know, I wish her well with old Benny. I got, Sorry, confused, go ahead. I got confused with a different DJ. Fred again, maybe? Who knows? Oh, yeah, Fred again. He's doing well. He's brought out a new song sampling Little Yachty, actually. Um, that's the music. That's music knowledge. That's a different different podcast. 
if you want to hear more about my music music interests, follow, um, come along to what do you want to listen to um, fortnightly? Yeah, is, is, that's his resolution is to make new podcasts about every topic <laughs> in our life. We've got what do you want to listen to? Okay. Uh, what do you want to watch with football? That's a uh, talk about the latest football what, news. What what celebrity gossip do you want to hear about? That's a big, that's probably our biggest seller at the moment. So there you go. We're doing another, we seem to be doing another extremely long segment here. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, listeners. I hope it's not too cold where you are. It is where we are at the moment. Um, keep warm, enjoy the podcast, listen to it again, and sayonara for now. Yeah, that's it. Spread the word. Tell your friends if you have enjoyed it. Let someone know. It's everywhere on all the socials at app what to watchers. And um, we've also started, or I've started writing a new weekly sort of pod uh, TV sort of article that's available on medium.com uh, slash what to watchers. You can find the link there um, on our Twitter or X as it is now known. So at what to watchers, any feedback, advice, reviews, and Taylor, please, for the love of the planet. Just take the bus. <laughs> Goodbye.